0: Finally, here per the request of our <laughs> multiple listeners. Oh man, bombarding us with emails and messages and DMs. And we're here we're talking Oppenheimer finally. Cinema. I am Casey, and I got with me a uh, young filmmaker, Colin Sapp. Hunlo, hit me. Uh, we are talking the latest Christopher Noly film. Christopher Nolan, if you don't know who that is, uh, well.
1: You're listening to the wrong he's, I guess n- he's no Denis Villeneuve. Uh,
0: he's little <laughs> <sure>. um <laughs> Oppenheimer, the story of American scientist J. Robert Oppenheimer and his role in the development of the atomic bomb. Uh, based on the book American Prometheus by an author's name, I already forgot. I'll link it below if you want to buy the book. I guess we're not getting any residuals, but I'm a nice guy, so no, okay, I'm not doing that. <laughs> um so let's talk real quick before we get into oh, spoilers because my gosh spoiler alert we Sping. bombed him <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean yeah. uh I guess before we get into real thoughts real quick uh has um I guess for me Christopher Nolan is i'm a nolan, I'm a nolan head or do you want to call it uh Nolan shell he Nolan will. Schill, there you go. Me and you have talked exhaustively about him. I, I, I freaking run a, a Dark Knight trilogy page dedicated to his freaking films and I have for like 10 years.
1: No, that's, that's ran by Christopher Nolan himself.
0: Oh, that is... That's right, yeah. Christopher <laughs> Nolan runs that page. Uh, I'm just his assistant. Um, right, 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 right. I press the post button. He does everything else. <laughs> but, uh, uh... I don't know about for you, but for me uh nolan is one of my favorites uh going back to i don't know if i i don't i didn't see batman begins in theaters i know for sure i saw inception and the dark knight from then on i've seen everything in theaters of his Mm. but a huge huge fan i know a lot of people don't like his style and some of his writing um i think most everybody can agree he definitely has we'll talk about that later but his you know audio mixing sometimes is questionable Uh, But for me, he is a one of the inspirations as behind why I got into filmmaking myself. Um, There's something about his way and style of shooting and uh, I guess really his editing that for whatever reason gets a response out of me that I don't quite find myself getting out of most movies I watch um right same with Denis Villeneuve that's on the same same plane uh they're quite different in a lot of ways but they both they both warrant this emotion out of me that movies really don't ever get sometimes it's uh just really just inspired jaw-dropping god i love movies feeling um I don't, do you do you have that with him or I reckon you do? But...
1: Oh, I mean, yeah, for sure. It, Nolan's like my number two, like only behind Denis. So, uh I, Nolan's movies. I I wasn't. I I didn't get to see Inception in theaters. I think I, maybe the first movie of his that I did see in theaters. I'm pretty sure was The Dark Knight. I don't think I saw Batman Begins in theaters either. Um. I think I was too young, because, uh, I mean, when... It was 2005. Man, I
0: <laughs> y- yeah. So, I was I, mean, in, I, <laughs> I... was in fifth grade.
1: I was ten... I was nine. I was nine years old. Maybe, maybe eight at the time. Uh, and then when The Dark Knight came out, 2008, I remember going to the theater to see that with uh, my dad and my grandfather. But uh, I wasn't a big s- film kid just yet whenever Inception had come out. That that was like 2010, right?
0: 2011.
1: 2011? Yeah, I wasn't uh, wasn't super into movies just yet. I I didn't even really know who Christopher Nolan was. I just knew there was those really cool Batman movies coming out that I liked. Um, But then once I kind of got into it a little bit more, I mean, Nolan I feel like you watch any Nolan movie i mean he he hardly ever misses you know what i mean yeah. it's the uh, the only one i even think about from him that i consider a miss is the dark knight rises and even then it's not that bad you know what i mean it's not a bad movie it's which i could make
0: a movie half as good as that you know
1: <laughs> for real exactly so he has just such a great filmography and even if you if you take his batman trilogy out of it dude i mean Inception, Interstellar, Dunkirk, now Oppenheimer, and probably his most underrated movie, The Prestige, uh, Memento, of Tenet. The Following, Tenant. It's like that. All of them are just incredible. I mean, in, he has such a cool dis- distinct sort of aesthetic to his movies like a certain saturation on the skin that you can look at and you, you just visually see it and you go oh this is nolan you know all, all his characters are like constantly wearing suits you mm. know what i mean no no one's ever just dressed well, t-shirt and jeans it's always that's everyone's always dressed for james nines. bond dude yeah oh for sure i mean but like all the time that's what every character wears all the time they're always dressed like beautifully so yeah I mean he I feel like anyone who goes to get into movies at like just like the surface of it cause he's such a well known name now there's Christopher Nolan and you can't help but like just leave him there is like one of your favorites afterwards you know what I mean he's just so iconic now he, he's one of the best to do it you know
0: yeah I agree. Up, uh, Yeah, I mean, I haven't... I really have not stopped thinking about or listening to uh, the Tenet soundtrack. I mean, I, to this day, like... Yeah. We, me and you joke about... We were talking on this podcast about how Tenet saved cinema because that whole thing with... <laughs> Warner Brothers went down, how COVID had hit and his movie was supposed to release mm. in the fall and he wanted it to come out regardless and it came out And uh, I'm a... Basic, especially based on these numbers of even just a freaking movie about the atomic bomb mm. i'm convinced man if he was just a little more patient or say if even covid didn't happen i feel like tenet would have been so much bigger more respected oh, it definitely and appreciated, would have. but it sucks that it's 100%. not 100 um i i love i love that film to pieces even though the first time i was scratching my head like a Psycho, just trying to figure out what in the world I just saw. Well, I
1: mean, it has like Tenet has the same effect as like Memento does, where like you watch it multiple times and you pick up on new things every time. You know what I mean? That he's, and even, you know, uh, I mean, I mean, that's Nolan is very well known for his unorthodox way to tell stories. You know what I mean? It, it, even, even in a war film, like like he just goes, Hey, I'm just gonna try to make a war movie real quick and then he fucking killed it with Dunkirk. Like yeah. that movie's awesome. But like at one point it takes place over like one span of time. At another point it's yeah. another span of time and another point and they're all overlapping constantly and it's so like what's going on until finally at the very end it's all happening at the same time. Right. You know what I mean? So it's it's so trippy with the way he does stuff. And I mean, there's that video of the way he does the, the memento. Yes. uh,
0: I'll link that uh, below. Story.
1: Like, like the black and white is, uh, and then the color and then they're, they're moving linearly, you know, one's in the past, one's in the future. And then they just kind of, or one's in the past, one's in the present. I'm sorry, not the future. Mm -hmm. And then they just meet in the middle. And that's when the, the story ends. And it's like, whoa dude it's it's really it's really cool and i honestly think he takes that approach to a lot of his stories
0: yeah probably less so the dark knight films because those are very yeah funny, which makes sense it's probably worked better that way for the most part the,
1: in those movies you got to consider like a batman movie that's more for a general audience yeah. you know what i mean that's that his other movies uh, i think the batman movies helped blow him up oh, because those 100%. movies are so awesome but like when he goes to make Batman Begins, I think he had just made, like like at that point, it had only been Memento in the following,
0: right? Uh, Insomnia.
1: Insomnia. I do. I just had Des watch that the other day. I always forget about that. Al Pacino and Robin Williams. What do you um, think
0: about it?
1: She liked it. it. It's a good movie. I feel like that's another sort of, un, it's not like the best thing ever. I know it's a, a remake uh, of a Korean film. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really good, but... Uh, he,
0: I mean, he has some. He has a few shorts before following. Uh, I don't know if you ever saw Doodlebug. No, I didn't. I saw that one. Uh, there's two other ones I haven't seen, but yes, it's following Memento Insomnia to Batman Begins, and from there it's just the freaking races. Like, I was fixing to say because
1: I mean, once once he did Batman Begins, I mean I think I think this is an example of maybe something that uh, Marvel has tried to do. Cause I mean, consider this is the guy who's for, he was in a time though, whenever like indie films were like the thing, you know I mean? That was like the niche thing in, in Hollywood. They wanted to make those kinds of movies. So a bunch of them were getting produced out the ass. But I think, you know, they, they take this director who's made smaller movies and give him this outrageous budget to go make a superhero movie and just kill it and blow up. And now that he has that name and reputation, he can make just about whatever he wants. You know what I mean. Uh, I, I think that's happened a couple of times with Marvel going to people who have made these sort of indie movies, and even still, they're not indie per se. A lot of them have been Oscar winners. You know, they're, they're targeting those people to c- come over and make. Hey, come 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 over here and make the movie for us. But. Um,
0: but in that, in that perspective, those are still heavily produced, and Marvel still is a heavy,
1: heavily
0: hand. produced. Whereas Chris yeah. Nolan can literally do whatever the hell he wants.
1: I was gonna say he even then. I mean, that's when Batman Begins comes out. Shared universes weren't a thing yet. You know what I mean? That they weren't a thing until The Dark Knight came out, which was right when I, the first Iron Man was coming out. And even then, we didn't really know that was a whole shared universe type deal. So, I, it's cool to see like that sort of method actually work. I wish it still worked. You know what I mean? Uh, I wish more people kind of got that opportunity that he got to really blow up and make some really incredible stuff. Uh, I think there's a lot more people out there that are probably like him with skill. Uh, but yeah, Nolan's just the goat dude.
0: Yeah. But it's funny though, because being on film, Twitter or film X now, I guess, whatever the hell we're going to call it. Um, I eventually Fuck like we, you Elon eventually saw like that uh, at least I got to see more people's perspective on why they don't like him I guess and that was interesting mm. but uh, for me it's just at no point every time I leave every time a Nolan movie is coming out I literally put it on my calendar I'm talking about it. I'm thinking about it. like it's, a, it's an event film because it eventually is now right um, but for me it's like such a big deal like one of I, I just, I guess, I guess I'm. Um, I don't want to think I'm biased at any point because I guess we'll talk about this movie, well, but eventually. I, but
1: I mean, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, well, I mean we're, we're we're getting into it, but I mean, I think the, I think it's okay to say. I, I think a lot of people try to say, you know, that that being biased is bad, and I think in certain circumstances it is, but I mean. I'm gonna I'm gonna be biased towards a Christopher Nolan movie. I'm I'm gonna be biased towards a Denis Villeneuve movie. I'm gonna be biased towards a David Fincher movie, and I'm fucking lucky enough that we have three of the like we have all three of them putting out a movie this year. Oh my god! Assuming WB isn't and pushing Scorsese anything back.
0: And and like it, it's, it's of the honestly Moon re- looks amazing.
1: It, it's re- it really does. It looks incredible. Um, it, it's it's really. Uh, I think it's okay to say you're biased. I mean, those are those are our favorites. You know what I
0: mean? That's well, they um, built the reputation to where I can trust them and get excited. Exactly. So,
1: I I mean, like you you can't really even think about the last time Denis Villeneuve like had a miss. (laughs) That's a joke. He never has. He's never had a miss.
0: (laughs) Yes, no, I agree.
1: (laughs) But Um, yeah, I I mean that. But it's, it's, it's
0: not like a blanket best. statement and go, I love this movie. There's no problems with it. We don't do that. We have problems. Like we have problems with The Dark Knight right. Rises or certain things and, you know, I guess his audio mixing. But um, yeah. there's things that may be little small nitpick things. But, man, I like I said, I'd, and it, I guess because I've uh, – wow, we're getting personal here. Um, historically suffered with depression just based on things that happened to me mm. and – I don't want to think, and I don't. I'm not saying movies saved my life. That's such a. I don't know if that's a thing people say, or it might be true for you. It
1: is a thing. It is a thing people say, and it is an okay thing to <laughs> yeah, say. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely okay. Com- thing you to can say, say it. <laughs> uh,
0: but I guess for me specifically, uh, it just made me feel like there was something more to than just that all the time for me. Like movies made me feel it's something. Escapism. I don't even know if it's escapism. It's that uh, there's always there's a. Uh, We're so fascinated with stories and movies, just happen to be the best way to tell them. Um, Mm. I guess it just made me feel like I can actually do something with my life that I loved, and not feel and be this person that I was at the moment forever. And for Christopher Nolan, he's done it to me tremendously in so many ways. So I guess, I guess I love you, Chris. Is what I'm trying to say now. This podcast. (laughs)
1: What I'm trying to say, Chris, is
0: he's like, "What's a podcast?" You marry
1: me. Right.
0: I know you're married and have kids, but YOLO bro. Yeah. You taught me that.
1: Be gay with me, Chris. <laughs> it's twenty twenty-three.
0: <laughs> it's Hollywood, bro. <laughs> uh anyway, now that I'm done spilling my heart. Um Quick nutshell thoughts, what'd you think of the movie? Uh how'd you see it? Where'd you see it? When did you see it?
1: I saw it in IMAX seventy millimeter. And I just about got off in that theater. Whenever I heard the, you could just hear it going in the back of the theater, and I'm like, "How cool is that, dude? You just you don't get to hear that anymore. You know what I mean? So to just hear that reel going in that huge, huge screen, the it's it's honestly like it, it, every time Nolan is the only uh the only filmmaker I think I've seen like IMAX 70mm in cause he's done it a handful of times now um and every time it's just stunning it's gorgeous um I saw Hateful Eight in, in, on film as well I think that was like a 35mm though uh But I loved the movie I think it's fantastic Um, I love as someone who's typically not a fan of black and white I loved the use of black and white in this movie Uh, between that and the color you know kind of memento sort of vibes if you will because he did similar stuff there obviously different context based off the story but um, I thought that was very cool I think all the performances in this movie were incredible. Uh, Killian Murphy is undoubtedly going to get an Oscar nomination. Um, I think this is going to be Nolan's first Oscar. I, I really do. I know there's... The, it's, we're in August. We're, we're about to get in, you know... Soon, like, once October hits and we start rolling into November... We're going to get into Oscar season... And there's going to be all the Oscar bait movies coming out. Um... So we'll we'll see what happens. You know that there's a lot of recency bias at the Oscars most of the time about this new Oscar bait film just came out and it's gonna sweep the Oscars. But I I do believe that Nolan has a very good chance. Um, I don't think this movie's like super confusing like maybe some of his others. I think the story does jump sometimes, uh, but it's very easy to keep up with. The the fucking score to this movie. That's something I've been listening to. Ludwig Goronson, dude. He's he's making a fucking name for himself. Like, th- this dude is killing it. Between Tenet, Black Panther, The Mandalorian, Oppenheimer. This dude is everywhere, and he's going crazy with these movie scores. Like, it's awesome. I'm loving it. Um. But, yeah, dude. Uh, I... I really loved this movie. Uh, it's my favorite of the year so far, I'd say.
0: So I saw it uh, also, 70mm IMAX. Uh, so that means you and I both went to one of the 20 places in the United States that was showing... 70. It was only showing
1: play, like seventy millimeter IMAX in twenty places in the U.S.
0: That's what the guy at our theater said, and he I know he's talking about. Um, I, was, I took a buddy with me. Uh, I bought two tickets long ago and asked Fines- my wife, and she was like, "My really, wife? I don't want My wife? I don't really care. I was like, "Okay, well, <laughs> I got to make sure tickets. I'm taking somebody." I took Kyle. He's been on our Tech One Titan uh, reviews. Uh, shout out to Kyle. Kyle Riggs. <laughs> No, Kyle Wolf. Batman, Woo-hoo. and he doesn't think he's ever seen a f- a movie sh- that's uh, shot on film and shown in film before. Since everything's digital now, Nolan and Tarantino, and I'm sure a handful of others that I probably don't actually know, actually still shoot and distribute wide films like this. hmm so, uh, but he, the guy came out and explained what it was, you know, how it's different, what it does to the colors. It's not actually an RGB. It's different how it's, like, lasered onto the blah, blah, blah. A lot of things I don't really know what I'm talking about. But I can appreciate when I look at it. And, but, yeah, he said one, one out of 20, so I thought that was super cool. And also, at the same time, I'm going, this might be the last movie I ever see on a film again. <laughs> No one's going to keep doing film, dude. He is because he can, but you know, at a certain point, he won't be around. So then, who will? True. So, yeah, no, so then yeah, if it's, God wrong. forbid something happens to him, or uh, you know, he can't make films, it very well could be the last movie I see him film. And it's, I you just knew it was. I was cementing it into my brain that this is important. This is an important uh, cinematic moment. Uh, the film uh, flies by. That was surprising, and I'm a guy who. Just recently, has to pee during a movie, which I'm so disappointed in myself. I don't know if it's because I'm old. Why, dude? I think I, I okay. Here's the thing: I drink a lot of water. I drink a lot of anything, not yeah. alcohol, not alcohol, but I, I drink a lot. So I just am hydrated all the time and had to pee all the time. So
1: I was able to hold it for all of Oppenheimer. Me too. Uh, what I wasn't able to hold it for, and I was like, I genuinely like my body started hurting. I had to get up during Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Oh, really? And it was right at, like, the climax, too. It's when Hayley Atwell and Tom Cruise are, like, jumping through the trains. Oh. I was like, oh, I'm going to piss myself. <laughs> and I just got up, dude. I was, like, half running to the bathroom. and thought I was about to just fucking come out.
0: Uh, there was a uh, – we sat down. We got there early. And uh, a group of – they had to be, like, teenagers or young 20. Like, really, God. like probably, like, 19, 18-year-olds. I think there was about six or seven of them. I didn't say anything because I just I was laughing, and uh, they were all wearing suits. (laughs) (laughs) They were all wearing suits to the, I guess their premiere of. uh, (laughs) And I've seen that before, where people dress up like Nolan to go to Nolan's, or you know, dress up real classy, (laughs) like it's an actual like black tie event. And I think it's funny. I wish I uh, did that. Uh, I, I think it's so funny people do that. Uh, yeah, that's just next level excitement yes, it's, it's, it just makes it it makes it more fun you know there's yeah the culmination between a movie finally coming out and the hype behind it and it, there's a certain little point they both have to meet at to make something special or, or what we call an event film mm-hmm. and uh, it happens rarely right. and when it does it's just fun it's cool it's awesome it makes you love movies again even though you feel like there's a dry spell between these things sometimes Right. so um I thought that was so funny, but the film, yeah, shot beautifully. Obviously, Hoyt Van Hoytema. Um, why is he not a household name, dude? I think his name's. I guess not, not even a house.
1: I mean, no one, no one's. I guess really a household name. I mean, like Roger Deakins isn't a house, like. But I mean, like amongst like the film community, why aren't people talking about Hoyt Van Hoytema?
0: I've seen them talk a lot about him with Nope.
1: I've so su- I've seen a lot about Nope as well, but I just feel like that man does not get the appreciation that he deserves i mean that he's he's been working with nolan since what interstellar
0: yeah interstellar was the first you know after wally fister retired
1: yeah i mean like dude and i'm someone who i actually
0: and we I've, i mean this comes to you i appreciate wally fister and what he did and how he shot i really enjoy that simplicity but there is something different That brings to the table that is with mixed with Nolan's writing and style. It is I don't know what kind of word to use that I'm gonna use more often in this film or when I describe his movies how much I love them, but it's mesmerizing, it's beautiful, it's fill in a blank.
1: Dude, the the shots at the beginning of this movie with like the rain hitting like you know, you see Oppenheimer looking down at the puddle on the ground and the puddle you just see all the dots hitting against the the, uh, the rain hitting against the puddle and it's making like those little circles. They almost look like explosions on the ground. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's just like, then it cuts and you see the whirling of the neutrons and stuff like, it, dude, it's so... Which I, I want to know how they did that shit, dude. Because apparently there's no CGI in this movie. Yeah, that's. I want to see a making true. of. this
0: that There was there was like CG. Uh, there was a, a good handful of uh, artists in the credits that were CG artists. Really? Yeah, I mean you it, you have to.
1: That's what I was thinking. I was like, there's no way none of this is CGI.
0: See, I I don't know about I just don't know what yeah. There's there's a whole visual effects by. Uh, in the cast so i don't know gotcha, gotcha yeah gotcha. that's what made me curious because i don't know if that i also don't know if his statement that he made because i never really looked into it, it was out of context but you know mm-hmm. nolan is very in camera which i also appreciate which is a testament Absolutely. to his films because you can feel that there is a there's a feeling of difference um when you're not trying to trick a human brain that something isn't there yeah yeah i was wondering if there's some kind of obviously we can't shoot that on microscopic cameras but if he did what he did and how they actually did it because there's a lot of those cool little uh, injected into the film especially towards the back end uh, when Openheimer's literally having like mental breakdowns about right. um, what's happening but uh, there were like I said the movie's three hours long I didn't feel like it went by um, mm. I do agree Silly Murphy Definitely and Robert Downey Jr. probably as well. People are definitely talking yeah. about him. His performance. Uh, there's not a there's not a bad performance at all. I, I would say there's some of the characters I felt were poorly realized, maybe is the term I would say. Uh, or that I, I didn't think just I didn't think added as much as the movie thought it did.
1: What do you mean? Like who?
0: Florence Pugh's character. Really? Not 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 as far as what the character is. I mean, I, I. It's just a person that he has an affair with that he gets sad about. But. And re, and really, I guess Kitty, Emily Blunt's character as well. She her personality just felt like alcoholic.
1: I mean, and it was that that was her personality. But I I think it was cor- sort of a a distinction of the two different types of people that Oppenheimer was. I mean that that's kind of how I saw that, that his relationships manifested, you know, uh, Kitty was very much, you know, a new way of life and kind of pushing him forward, you know, get your act together, do this type deal and then Florence Pugh was more of what his liberal lifestyle was. You know, it's and also Florence Pugh who he really like that that Gene was like who he really loved. You know what I mean? That that's uh but Yeah, I mean I I I felt like both their characters were pretty pretty well realized. I mean that I uh, I felt like they served a purpose for Oppenheimer, um, you know, I mean it was more of a personal aspect for him on top of Everything else that was happening, you know what I mean. It's just one thing after another that he was dealing with in his life, and also keep keep in mind. I mean, this is isn't necessarily you know just a story Nolan is creating. This is all supposed to have happened, you know what I mean. So it's just he, he and he's telling. You don't want to tell someone's life and leave out such a pivotal part of of their character, you know. Because I mean, if, after it sport. Big spoiler alert, it after Gene dies and kills herself, I mean that he changes. You know what I mean? That there's a lot's happening. That Gene dies, the the bomb is tested and gets sent, you know what I mean? And it, it, it it's he begins to spiral in a way. He he his outlook on everything is just very what have I done? You know what I mean? So I think that I I can agree a little bit more with Kitty, but I think Gene Tatlock's part in who Oppenheimer was was pretty pivotal. Uh, like,
0: why does all of her scenes have to be with her with no shirt on? Like,
1: yeah, I I mean I didn't
0: understand like that. that much. That's where it's like, is she here for to sh- to show off or? And then there was that. I'm sorry. I, this is the part where, I like, I actually, actually didn't really like this moment where they're ha- they're having the sex
1: and they're having the sex, he said. And saying.
0: she, they're talking about books, and he's she's making him read a book that's in a different language mm. while she's while they're having the sex. And he, it's where the the right. line comes from. I am. The of the Worlds, I am death, bro. I thought that moment that took me out of the movie, and that was so cringe in my. Really?
1: What, what was the point
0: of that? To th-
1: I, I mean, make him I'm read dead. this
0: I... book. Make him say the the line that it, that's he, he's known for, and then pounce up and down, Florence Pugh, and action. Like it just it, for me, it just did nothing, and I, that was like, why is that so? That was such a cringe moment for me. Interesting. Like, Why? What is the purpose of him saying that line? No, I mean, like, like I, I, thrusting I, I, up and don't down. Don't get me wrong, like,
1: I hear what you're saying. I, I agree to an extent, but I. Like, see what does it, it do as, to the
0: characters besides make her look like a weirdo? Wants him to read a. Want him to say, "I am but dead." But I mean, while I, she's
1: okay, I think you're you're looking at it <laughs> on a very surface sort of aspect of like this is what's happening in the scene. Yes, they're having sex. Yes, he reads that line in the book. But when he tells her to read that book, you see he's kind of like, okay, like I'm going to read it. But then she's like, no, read this line. In the way they look at each other and there's that level of intimacy – that's they're falling in love right there. You know what I mean?
0: As While he's saying, says, "Yes, I'm the destroyer of worlds."
1: Yes, but look at the. am fu- I'm, I'm,
0: bro. You, you could have done what that like, in a different. Look at the in a different Way that you didn't have to do it like that. It just, uh, I don't know. It was that was a, such a silly way to portray Listen, two people I falling the, in love.
1: <laughs> I, I'm. That that's the process. Sometimes it happens in really weird ways, I guess. But I. I get it. I saw the scene too, and I was like, oh, that's an interesting line to read in this moment. Like, I, I definitely had that thought, but. Uh, and th- I was taking the moment for what I thought it was, and that's them sharing something super intimate with one another. And maybe that's why Florence Pugh is. And even Killian Murphy, granted, we never see his dick, but there's a couple scenes that he's just naked, sitting there cross-legged in a chair. But maybe that's why she's naked and he's naked is just... That's like their most vulnerable selves. They're they're the most vulnerable when they're with one another. You know what I mean?
0: I mean, I... (sighs) Someone could argue that it's, you know, you're, you're, you're not vulnerable just because you're naked. I mean, you're just—you could. Yeah, no, but that's, you could definitely an an that's
1: symbolism, people.
0: dude. I, I didn't get that at all. I thought it was just—I thought it was just, like I said, she's shirtless most of her scenes. So I was like, what was the point of having her? Because she's she can actually act. Let her act, and then the scene you give her to is when she's making her read a line while they're pouncing up and down. So I—well, I
1: she had more scenes than that. I mean, she's granted, yes, yeah, she's naked in those scenes uh 90% of her role she's naked. But I mean the the there's there's a little bit more to her than just that one moment of it's not just narrowed down to the oh that one time she made him read that line. There's she's dependent on Oppenheimer. She needs him in order to live. You know what I mean? That's at least that's what she believes. That's the way she acts. And when uh, she sort of she loses never really that
0: acted like that. She just said that and like is crying at him like a needy girlfriend i I don't know i just never got that from her they never really showed it they just had her say it and then her cry about it
1: i felt like it was shown (laughs) i don't know dude i got it that's weird i
0: was also confused because the part where there she's like drowned herself or drug it looked like there was like a person with a glove like pushing her head down did you yeah i
1: kind of did i was
0: confused by that i didn't know if that was insinuating that she was murdered he thought because of all the things that was going on and his ties to the russians and
1: will the government find out about her right maybe she knew too much and had her killed
0: so i don't i, I didn't know if that was uh, supposed to be like a there there's two sides of this Implication. possible story yeah implications yeah maybe cuz they talk about her getting murdered I'm like did we not just see a black glove behind her head push her deeper into the water yeah uh what did you think about um, Robert Downey Jr.? I thought he did great.
1: You're gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna argue on behalf of everyone. That's in this fine. Movie. I, I don't, I, I don't I, think I, there was a bad performance. No,
0: there's not a bad performance. i another weird moment where the beginning of this movie has this moment where we're, I mean, they show it multiple times with the film, and takes. And I've see, I've seen him do, do this before, so it's not like I can say, "Hey, you don't do this." He's done it. But for this particular case, it's whenever Oppenheimer's going to talk to Einstein, where Einstein waves his hand and drops his hat, um, skipping rocks, and Strauss is, you know, football field behind him, slowly walking. We're um, teased that Oppenheimer says something to Einstein that causes Einstein to give Strauss a cold shoulder right uh, that and the whole film is just like okay what did he say well what did he say what did he say what did he say And we finally freaking get what he says like five minutes before the film ends and you find out that because he said this to Einstein and you know we see that scene multiple times when Einstein's walking past uh, Strauss and kind of just doesn't really acknowledge him that gives this guy the vendetta to like hunt down and destroy Oppenheimer's entire history and career because he said something to Einstein that made him not like Strauss as much as he wanted him to. Yeah.
1: It's called an ego, my friend, and people will do anything if they got a big one.
0: If it, if that's what actually happened then obviously which but well that seems to be actually what happened cuz
1: if I think Nolan said what's in color is Oppenheimer's point of view and it's subjective you don't re- like it's 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 not really uh it might not be 100% accurate but what's in black and white is factual ha- like it happened that's what happened and i mean you get that court hearing where you know, Rami Malik there at the very end just goes, boom, this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened. And it pretty much confirms all this other stuff we've been seeing throughout the
0: rest of the movie. But, like, I guess for the sake of the movie, to have that kind of pivotal moment where you're teasing it multiple times, mm-hmm. I feel like in order to. I don't know, it just wasn't a. It wasn't a special reveal like I thought it was going to be. Or maybe it should have been a different moment that he showcased and teased throughout.
1: That's the pivotal point. It can't be a different moment because that's the moment that changed Strauss.
0: I guess. But also, that scene was in color. It was in
1: color and in black and white
0: but the that moment scene where he tells him was in color so you don't even know right. if that's hap- happened like
1: we don't know if that's actually what was said and we never will the only two people that know what was said now is Oppenheimer we, and I,
0: just cuz no one said that actually happened does it did that actually happen or did you just write that into the movie i have to look that up cuz i really don't know probably what was in the book i mean Possibly, it's yeah. all based on that book so yeah i don't know i probably I, and i get it you're telling you're t- you're you're making a biopic, and you want to tell as much truth as possible. you got to make parts of it that are more entertaining than others. I guess I was just disappointed in that. I figured it'd be something a little... I don't know. I felt it was more of a significant moment of
1: this is the moment that Strauss from that point forward has dedicated to most of his career, and that's destroying Oppenheimer. And that comes from a moment that didn't even concern him yeah I guess yeah. the whole movie we get to see this huge inflated ego for Strauss as he talks about he's worked his whole career now he's going to be in the president's cabinet he's going to do this he's going to do that you know amateurs strive for the sun while real power stays in the shadows you know what i mean it, it this guy who thinks he is the and all be all he's figured it out he knows how to play the game no he doesn't he actually doesn't know anything he he's a, a huge chunk of bullshit the entire movie that's all he is he's a fraud for better or worse yeah. you know and i mean i think that that characterizes that single moment can put him in that category of this is a man with an overinflated ego who is a narcissist. He can't think past himself. No. Maybe Einstein didn't look at you or acknowledge you because he just didn't want to look at you or acknowledge you.
0: <laughs> I know. I'm, maybe he just the, didn't want sake to talk, a, for bro. Sake of a movie. <sighs> I don't know. I, I, maybe because Nolan's so. Maybe I'm so used to Nolan revealing a moment and opening and pulling back the curtain and going this is you know with prestige or if it's inception Well, I
1: th- I think that I mean like that's I like I said I see that moment and go wow he didn't even mention him he didn't even talk about him I said, yeah, this I is did- the links this guy goes to that's that's
0: crazy and I looked at it and I go that's why we had this whole other hour of this film <laughs> because <laughs> this like this is stupid yeah, I, d- I didn't see it as stupid at all. I mean, it's stupid as far as what a dumb circumstance to make a make a big fuss out of nothing, right? Uh, but I guess by that same token, because we go to the uh, well, I'm going to try to revoke his security clearance. Uh, I, I I didn't care that much about the security clearance part. I quite frankly, they didn't really. Explain well what the hell that even does. Like, okay, what if you revoke his security clearance? What does that mean? This isn't a working visa; it's a security clearance, so he just can't work with the United States government anymore. Or that's supposed no. to make me feel like tension?
1: I don't know. I was pretty tense for most of the movie.
0: But like, what? Like, what? Why, why? What is a security clearance, and why do we care so much for an hour?
1: Because it's out of his hands now. He had some level of control when he had that security like he could keep his hand in the pie. You know what I mean? He, he he had some sort of stake in it. But now what he has essentially spent the last I don't know, how however long working on this bomb for them, creating this this new form of science, fission, fusion, all this stuff. And now it's just completely out of his control. He can do nothing with it and they own all of it for the rest of forever. It's theirs.
0: So what does the security clearance do? How
1: does he it takes his hand, it takes his hand out of it. He can't he doesn't have the security clearance to even go and develop his own work, to research his own work. Any papers or anything that he has belongs to the U.S. government now. He doesn't control that anymore. He He doesn't have the ability to own that. And they can take it, develop it, change it, do whatever they want with it. He has created the most powerful, destructive weapon in the world. And he has absolutely no access, no say or whatever as to what happens with it. All he can do now is just be like, okay,
0: uh, I mean, I wouldn't assume he would have had a say anyway. So, I don't know. It's... But
1: he was pretty good about voicing his opinion, wasn't he? Yeah. And pretty damn good about doing whatever the hell he wanted. Uh, he literally traveled states whenever he didn't have clearance to go do that stuff, and that's what ended up getting him there, anyways.
0: Uh, yeah, I guess.
1: And when they did exactly whatever he when he did exactly whatever the government wanted, they got rid of him.
0: But it's not like he wanted to. I don't know. I I guess I feel like I should. I should have kind of because there's so much for the. For one thing, this is the biggest talking movie Nolan's ever had. It's just talk, talk, talk. There's not. Oh, for sure. There's not like there is. We don't see no bomb. We don't see anything like that. And I've actually seen people disappointed they didn't see the bomb go off. It's like that's dumb. Well. I think if
1: you see the bomb, it ruins Oppenheimer's point of view. Yeah, Opie didn't see the bomb.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. So, but it's also like, do we really need to, like, how are we? Okay, here's, here's the problem. You want to see the bomb. That means we have to showcase us bombing and killing over 100,000 people. So how do we do that and still somehow make it, I don't know, artistic and entertaining? <laughs> right. Like I think you, th-
1: this movie. I think in a way, obviously, it's a movie, so yes, it needs to be entertaining. But I also really do believe that it's not m- meant to be entertaining. This movie is full of just dread and sadness and horror. It, it's, it's just drama. It's drama, I mean, but it's like, when he makes that bomb and he lets it go, it's like, as, as, as watching it through him, it's just very, it's scary. Because you knew this moment was going to happen where he was making a bomb for them to use and now they're going to go use it. And once it was used and you hear about how many people died and then continued to die because just off of the impact that's not all the people it killed the, the, the kill count kept climbing you know what I mean so it, it's and then to see the torture he's going through that moment where you just see him walking in to that g- gymnasium or whatever. One that,
0: of the best scenes in the movie. Yes. I was like,
1: like I was getting chilled. I was like, oh my god! And you just see the shock in his eyes, and then he starts preaching to them.
0: Yeah. Of just when you hear, only we did the, it. The, we bombed them. Their, their feet moving or the chairs, but no people talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People, people, cheering, girls crying like they're at a concert. All this like, mm-hmm. you realize, oh and then when he goes to
1: walk and he steps through the burnt body yeah. that is just on the ground it's just
0: or I see one woman's like literally terrifying dude scaling a like
1: yes yeah and her yeah her, her skin is like coming off yeah it's it's ugly it's horrifying it's it's nasty and that's the trauma that he had to live with for the rest of his life knowing that he created that uh, you know what I mean it's a military then, I mean, industrial
0: complex baby
1: yeah. It's
0: and no really knowing yeah. that I'm make I'm not only just helping and guiding the team to make it, we're just making the first one. And then we're gonna right, make you're more. just making the
1: first one. And exactly. then
0: guess what? Well, we're gonna inspire other countries to make their own.
1: And that's where the horror comes from of not having your security clearance anymore. He's not gonna be there when they make the next one. He doesn't get that opportunity anymore. He doesn't get to, he doesn't have any sort of oversight over it. He can't be there to help manage or do anything. He's completely taken off. They have they have the process of how to make it now. They don't we don't need you anymore, Oppie, you're done. We get we can make it now. You gave us the instructions.
0: So you but you're saying that more clearly than I think the movie did.
1: <laughs> well, but it I'm saying it clearly, but obviously I'm getting it from some This is just my general understanding from watching. I've seen the movie once and it's been a a week or two now. It's that that's what I got out of the movie. That's what I was understanding from it, at least.
0: But uh, I guess, I guess maybe because we live in a different time, I go, well, yeah, it's the government. You give them power. They're not going to want to ever give it back. You give them a little bit of your freedom, which could be anything. They're never going to get that back. They don't want to get back right that means they have less power over you eventually they want to be able to rule over you completely
1: they have less power over you but we also have to consider in context of I because I, I think the government has always been that way but you also have to consider in, in context of the time that Oppie was living in you know there's not only is it you know earlier back in like the 40s and 50s and stuff but it's excuse me um It's also in a point when it, it during World War Two and like after nine eleven, America is very much there. There's were being affected, you know what I mean, in a way. And granted, in World War Two, there was, I'm not, I'm not even going to get into that. But like we, we had something to like unite behind, and Americans, Oppy included, who even earlier in the movie puts his political opinions aside because he knows other countries are already working to create this ultimate weapon. So he knows he has to create the ultimate weapon first because there has to be a chance that they can use it before the Nazis could. You know what I mean? And I think that's what's kind of pushes him to that point of like, okay, I'm going to do this. Because I think him as a liberal, as someone who believed in communism, he already had that mindset. Of, he knew the government's shady. They're, they're going to fucking do whatever they want. You know what I mean? He, he knew exactly what was going to happen to him. I'm pretty sure he acknowledges it earlier in the movie of he's just going to be discarded once he's done the work for them. But there's that, like I was saying, that common enemy of he wanted to make sure that the place where he lived and the place he called home and the people he loved were going to be protected. So he did what he thought he had to do in a time of crisis. So I, I think, you know, it, even in that chance and even in that, in that mindset of like, I know that this is what's going to happen to me. You have to take that risk to be like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to do this to, for the betterment of me, for the betterment of my country, to make sure that we can still be around. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. I remember in part of the movie if they were still developing it or they were they were done. Maybe you'll remember, but whenever someone, I think they are watching a TV where like Adolf Hitler shot himself and they're done. Like Nazis are done, we beat them, it's over. And mm-hmm. if I remember correctly, uh, you know everyone's everyone's celebrating, but he looks kind of relieved, just like everyone else does, and happy. Maybe I'm making this up, but if I remember. Correctly, uh you know maybe he's thinking oh now we don't have to use the thing anymore (laughs) yeah and they're like well or might still use it and he's like where he's like well we can't tell you
1: and that's where more of the fucking tragedy comes in man yeah because the war is over and you can tell the U.S. government is pressing him because they it's its almost as if they're trying to make him believe that Japan is a real threat, you know? But in all reality, and as people who were, were here now, we know what was happening back then. Japan was losing. We we, we bombed them for literally no reason. Like, the, the, yes, you know, Pearl Harbor and all that shit happened. That was horrible. But, like... Japan was on their way out, dude. They're, they're, we would have beat them without an atomic bomb. You know what I mean? No. It's almost as if the atomic bomb was just dropped to be like, we did it.
0: what I tell you?
1: <laughs> yeah. what I tell you? Right. And it's it's just... It's a scary thing to think about, and I can't imagine being the person who <laughs> actually made it and created it and has had to live with that devastation, knowing what he had done and what he created. and I think that and i I think that's what I kind of get my perspective. Of. I don't know if this movie's supposed to just be entertaining in a way of keeping your attention as much as it's saying. As much as as it is, is a warning. It feels like of the. It's all about uh, Oppenheimer dealing with the consequences of his actions, and it's, you know, when you mentioned your your guys who were all dressed like suits. Whenever I got to the theater, um, my whole row is filled with dude bros who are just already seated. You know. And uh, I'm sitting on the very end. I only got one person next to me. And this dude looks up at me. He holds, he holds his fist up. And he's like, what's up, bro? Are you ready? Gosh. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, dude. Yep. And the movie ends. I'm the first one out of that theater, man. I go. I take a piss. The you know, bathroom's super small at this theater. And, and there's a line forms. And I go to walk out. And the dude, that fist bumps me. He's right there. And he's like, dude. He goes. They're all talking. They're like, oh, the movie is so awesome, dude. It was so cool. You know, did you see this part, dude? When that fucking, when they tested that bomb, it was so sick. You know, I'm sitting there washing my hands, listening to it, just kind of like, just kind of rolling my eyes, you know. And as I'm walking out, the dude's like, what did you think of the movie, bro? And I'm like, I thought it was kind of (laughs) sad. And he just goes, Sad And a couple of the other dudes kind of giggle and stuff. And I'm like, I think you guys missed the point of the movie. And then I just kind of walked away. It's. It. I don't think this is supposed to be an awesome movie. No. You know what I mean? I, I think it's. This movie had a lot of weight. And I think if you talk about it from a movie perspective and like on a technicality level, the way it was shot, the sound design, the acting, the direction, the editing it's all to the nines dude it's 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 awesome it's great it's one of my favorite nolan movies But it's not. I don't see it as something that was supposed to be just this awesome, entertaining thing. It's very sad. It's very somber. Atomic bomb. Hell yeah, brother. Right, <laughs> dude. It's it's like, and I feel like that's that's just so American, right? Of like they're going to see this movie and they're like,
0: "Fuck yeah, we did that shit." Like, it's but like, did you not see the scene in the gym? You're doing <laughs> that thing
1: right now. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like a, the, you you really just don't get it, do you?
0: Like American so Prometheus. I mean, Literally giving is about giving them the tools to destroy themselves. Yes. That's what this whole movie is about. And about one man who takes all that responsibility because he is uh, responsible for spearheading that department and that camp. Camp, uh, Las, what was it? Las Colinas? That's doesn't sound right. Los Alamos. Los Alamos, yeah. Um, uh, Do we got Celia Murphy on the back of a horse? It makes me want a freaking Western from Nolan. I don't know about you. But... Yeah, that'd be cool. Some Red Dead Redemption baby. Uh, <clears throat> no, no he can do better than that. Um, so Hoyt van Hoytema, score uh, the grading. I love the big, loud moments, too. I just want to think all about Nolan's movies are loudish, and I love loud movies, dude.:
1: I love the loud moments. My favorite movie, my, my favorite moment in this movie was so quiet. And it's when they do the, the testing of the bomb.
0: Trinity tests.
1: Dude. Yes. Whenever they're sitting there, and the, the music, the dun, dun and it's just dun-dun. And it's just going. Everyone's just making their little him. pallets
0: and getting popcorn.
1: <laughs> dude, yeah, fucking Josh Peck sitting there over the little switch, you know? He's, he's all, like, nervous, and you see Josh it just ticking down. down. Peck, dude he did good though I mean yeah, the little bit he had him Jack Quaid the, the dude from Diary of a Wimpy Kid there's a bunch of Nash Wolves in I this. was in
0: 20 seconds of a Nolan film Josh Pegg baby do you baby
1: right the, it, the, there's there's that there was even the, the what's his face the the dude who played the elf in the Santa Claus was like one of the, the yes, main guys I really liked you know him I,
0: mean? uh, uh, it, I have a cast list Hold I'm blanking
1: on his freaking name
0: man I, mean, I, I know his name I was, I was, I just kept, I was actually distracted going, God, dude, you were in my childhood and here you are. Right. <laughs> right. He looks cool. He, I really liked his, uh, oh my glob, dude. We're so horrible. Uh, oh my glob. <laughs> this is, but yeah, we haven't even talked about the stacked freaking cast. Holy moly.
1: Stacked cast, dude. But I mean, just. <sighs> This movie's so good, dude. It's really just...
0: Okay, so out of, out of all the, like, the supporting cast, uh, maybe just anybody but Emily Blunt, Rob Dead Jr., uh, Florence Pugh, uh, anybody that really maybe stood out to you that you really liked? Because I, I know mine is. no-brainer. Um...
1: I'd probably say I really like Alden Aaron Reich. Is that Senator? Uh, mm. he, he was cool. And then I feel like probably like my favorite supporting uh, probably
0: Benny Safdie. 1,000%, dude. I don't know what yeah. accent he is doing. But the dude, up, the dude shows up. The dude shows up. He is. They're in class, and he is pouring with sweat. What was his name, Teller? Uh, let me trying to find it. Gosh, I'm looking at this list. I'm How does this, uh, Edward Teller, yes. Yeah. I mean, the dude's sweating in almost every scene. Like he's just there to sweat. It looks like what I would do when I'm playing Apex Legends. I mean, the guy <laughs> is just pouring. Really? Uh, but man, he it's sometimes I feel like he's in a different movie because the way he's like Talking and his like expressions on his face, dude. I he was so so fun to watch. I, I he really was. Um, man, look at this freaking cast list. Good claw. Uh, what's old boy? I can't find his name. He was the other professor that like worked hand in hand with Oppenheimer. Why is he not on this list right now? Oh, there it is, That's Josh, the very Josh Hardnett, of the call sheet. Josh Hardnett.
1: No, Josh Hartnett's not who I'm talking about.
0: Yes, it is. Yeah. No, it's not. Yes, it is, dude. What the
1: heck? Josh Hartnett. No, it's not. Josh Hartnett's the dude from Pearl Harbor.
0: Yeah, that's that's the one that was the other like a uh, professor with him. He was he's no, in, I'm he talking the dude class. that
1: was an. I'm talking about the dude that was an elf, David Crumholtz. Oh, you mean Santa? That was, that that was in the Santa Claus movie.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm talking about also Josh Hartnett. I really enjoyed.
1: Jo- oh yeah. Oh 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 yeah. Why? Well, yeah. I mean, I really enjoyed him too.
0: But no, yeah. Uh... Oh, boy, from Santa. Yeah. He really, that, uh, he always did this, like, little, like, hunched over thing, like, looking down and, like, looking up with one eye, like, you know, it's, uh, you know, before this SAG strike was happening,
1: there was rumors that, uh, Josh Hartnett was being looked at for the role of Harvey Dent, Two-Face, in the Batman Part Two. Ooh. Which by the way, he was also in like one of the latest episodes of, of Black Mirror with Aaron Paul. Great
0: episode. Yes, yes, I saw that one.
1: Great
0: episode. Bro. Oh, that ending hurts too. I'm like, dang, y'all, yeah, y'all have that a really open Fucked
1: ending. up ending. <laughs>
0: fucked oh up ending. Oh my gosh. No, that yes. I forgot that was him, yes. He looks so Ready. different. <laughs> Got a musty old beard. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Uh, I think, I feel like Gary Oldman, Harry S. Truman was really kind of out there, huh? <laughs> what do you mean out there? I don't know. It felt like, uh, I, maybe it was his prosthetics. He really was kind of plasticky. I don't know. It, it was just very Gary know. Oldman to really just go get in get in the prosthetics and you're going a little bit. Get wild. in the character, yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, I thought he looked good, I, I didn't think he looked bad. Um,. Casey <laughs> Affleck,
0: really good job. You're kind of scary. Casey
1: Affleck came out of nowhere, dude. I did, I forgot he even got announced to be in this movie, so I when do. he showed up, and I heard I heard his voice, and I was like, who the fuck is? I? I know that voice, and then it showed his face, and I was like, oh my god, it's Casey Affleck. Didn't you get canceled?
0: <laughs> Not enough. Uh, Dan DeHaan. Yeah, solid. Dan DeHaan is in there, dude. There's
1: so, so many... Matt Damon is more of a main character. I feel yeah, like he, he yeah. was—he's
0: there, uh, he's in it.
1: <laughs> Rami Malek's just there
0: to blow up the movie. At yeah, the end. literally. Kenneth, no pun intended. Kenneth Branagh was really brief. I thought there'd be more him. Uh, yeah, for me, Benny Safdie did. Wow, that was Benny Safdie. What was a fun great. performance it, that was. It,
1: if you want to talk about somebody who like stole every scene he was in, it, it was it was him. 100
0: dude's pouring a sweat every time. I'm laughing, things are funny. And he's like, yeah, no. and he's talking, and then he's then he's like milking on sunscreen for this. I
1: was like, yeah, whatever they were doing the test, I was thinking, whatever he's putting on that sunscreen, he was like, is it rubbed in? <laughs> <laughs> and in like, yeah. white.
0: it white. he with <laughs> goggles, like, this dude's a dork, and I'm here for it. Oh my. I loved it. Yeah, it was great. Um, yeah, the, the lead up to the test was so good. The Trinity test itself, yeah, like you were saying, the, that silence in a theater when you can when you get an audience respect silence, you know you made a freaking movie and you're a director. You've
1: caught you've caught them, yeah, dude. You got their attention. They're they're just, boom, and just the way it's quiet, and then the way you just hear the breathing of yes. of Killian Murphy as he's watching. All you hear is the, and you just see the bright light, and everybody watching and i was like it lasted so long i was like they're not gonna do like i was like they're not gonna do the explosion sound yeah i think it was because i was like they're not gonna there's not gonna be an explosion i like i relaxed i was like whoa i was like that that's incredible like, because I, I was so tense mm-hmm. right before it ha- i was waiting for that big boom and then it just never happened and so i just sat there and i was like all right Oh, okay. I guess nothing's going to... I was like, oh my... I jumped, dude. I was like, oh my God.
0: Because they were like, what, six... I want to think it was like six miles away from that... Yeah, yeah. They were a while back. So it's got to really travel, but yeah. Mm -hmm. I love one's. There's a loudness because I... I'm an old man, dude. I'm like, turn
1: up... That's also just that IMAX theater, too, man. That's got that difference. I I go to movies and I'm
0: like, they need to turn it up. They need to turn it up. Yeah. It's not loud enough for me. Turn it up. And...
1: (laughs) There was a bad sound mix of Across the Spider Verse, and it really affected my showing because the entire movie, the audio was just in the front of the theater. It wasn't in the back.
0: I have had that before. And apparently, oh my god,
1: apparently that was like a bad set. Like it was, it was like a known thing for Across the Spider. I didn't know this till I got out of the movie. They accidentally put out a bad sound mix, and then it got <gasps> resent to theaters with a better one. And I was like, I'ma just wait for it to come out, dude, before I see it again. What? How do you mess that up? I don't know, dude, but it, it yeah, it it sucked. Uh, for the movie, the movies I, st- I still loved Across the Spider Verse, but like that that bit sucked a bit being. No,
0: I mean I've, the I've audio off. So like that. when I saw Across the Spider Verse, the local theater I go to, which I'm always complaining about because they are horrible since Xavier left. Xavier used to work there, manage there. Mm. Uh, they don't replace their light bulbs as much as they should. So there was a like five percent. Flicker that you can slightly see, especially on white, because you can see a white oh, fading. God, dude. but I I can notice it, and it was that's not the first time it's happened. It happened when, we, when I saw a Baby Driver. I had to leave the theater, complain. I was like, you guys, refunding your ride right now. I just paid for my whole family. I paid for Vanessa's family to go see it. So like, let's go see a movie. Uh, but man, that a little little that things sucks. that are subpar to the theater experience will make you not enjoy a movie as much, which sucks. Yeah. Um. We kind of talks something about the movie, but uh, anything else that really stood out to you? Uh, I mean, I guess for that, I guess real quick, that gym scene, whenever oh, yeah. he's you know, like you said, he was tell- telling them and preaching to him. he's like, and we would have done it to the Nazis if they didn't die, or you know, whatever he says. Mm-hmm. It's like, wow, we've, I don't know, I guess I just never really thought about that. I was like, oh yeah, that was for you guys, we just did it not to you guys because you guys are dead, yeah, we probably would I feel like that would have been showcased hey we're gonna blow up Nazis in this next movie (laughs) yeah Uh, but then it also imagine how scary would have been a a different world we'd be living in right now we wouldn't be who we are we probably wouldn't be here if the Nazis that did this first I know totally different world
1: totally different but maybe somewhat still the same
0: (sighs) ugh Maybe for.
1: Maybe for Rob DeSantis and Ted Cruz. <laughs> oh, <and laughs> oh. oh freaking Zodiac! Donald Trump.
0: Anything else that really about the movie that you liked or? Uh, the ending's awesome.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, I, the, there's. I thought it was great. Uh, it, it's it's satisfying to see someone like a, is as big of a douchebag and who dedicated their life to ruining another person's life, get get what they got coming, you know what I mean? Yeah. Obviously, Strauss's he didn't get into the cabinet, that does not mean his position of power was taken away, he was still very much a man with power in the government um, but it was nice to see him not get what he wanted so badly and what he had been building for um, but yeah, dude, I mean I, I think that this movie... I mean, it it ends in a similar way that it starts. It it instead of him looking at the puddle of those raindrops, you see, Killian Murphy standing in front of a pond after, uh, I uh Albert Einstein walks away, and he just stares at the pond and watches the 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 drops hit the water, and then it just ends, and it's you're left with that score. That that iconic whatever that font is that Nolan uses for all of his movies, I think you know it's that little text like, font Kern
0: or something.
1: I love that font, dude. I'm gonna steal that shit from him.
0: Uh, yeah, but whatever. Yeah, he's seeing he's seeing all the ICBMs in the sky, Yeah. Really falling down, and we get that those freaking molecules or whatever the hell. I'm too stupid. Yeah. Um, in the world <laughs> I'm too fire. stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, I know I know yeah. when it's true. Okay.
1: God, dude, to go back to that Trinity test real quick of how scary it was just to think about, you know, like, we're here now. We know how the test goes, but to think that all they had back then was a math equation that said that the chance was near zero, but there is still a chance that when this thing goes off, it ignites the Earth's atmosphere and kills everyone. (laughs) And they went, okay, yeah, let's do it. How crazy is that Could you imagine being in that scenario of like you're about to te- you're about to test something that could destroy the world The tension and I think that's what makes this so interesting is cuz with historical movies and and or even something like a prequel to, you know, an established franchise I hardly Ever feel any sort of tension or stakes in a movie because I don't give a shit. I know how it goes. Right. I'm kind of like just in it for an entertainment factor of like, oh yeah, this is cool, I guess. But dude, was I sitting there fucking tensed up, butthole clenched when they were <laughs> testing that fucking bomb, man? I was like,
0: I was not ready. The, the light it, that shines w- through his bunker with his goggles dude. on, dude. So I don't know. It's probably some simple lighting. but he it, again, he sees it. He just makes it look so cool on screen.
1: I was going to say, you know, it's just probably a couple LED panels. And then just, boom, turn them on. Yeah. That's all it is. You know, it's 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 way too much. It's com- It consumes him. And he sees that forever mm-hmm. now. Anytime he thinks about that bomb, it's just, bam, that light. Uh, great movie. Nolan, I hope you get nominations. And I hope you get your first win, man. I think it's... I think it's well deserved with this one.
0: Uh, I think this movie's absolutely insane uh, for making as much money as it has—almost, almost half a billion worldwide. I, it will, I it will pass that. I, was,
1: uh, I think it's it's close to five hundred million, isn't it?
0: Uh, right now, Box Mojo says four hundred twelve worldwide. Um, Look at that! The crazy, the crazy thing, of, the crazy thing crazy. about this and Barbie, aside from the self-made Barbieheimer marketing that I say pushed even further across the finish line for both of them. Absolutely. The, this movie is not going to i be Barbie by any chance, but um, this is the first time in box office history that two movies opened to over $80 million each. So,
1: might- it was this is it was such an event, dude. Oh, yeah. Everyone's going to the theater. Th- this movie was they were both promoted and they both had fantastic trailers fantastic creatives behind them uh, uh, great acting you know what I mean like like actors people loved and knew in their movies and people found out they come out on the same weekend so they're oh Barbenheimer and it just became this trend it became this thing and because it became a trend dude everyone and their uncle has heard about it and they're doing it and they're doing it as a double yeah, feature it's like a challenge, at like the a
0: movie thing. did you complete Barbenheimer yet?
1: did you do barbenheimer yeah and it's like what dude i I think that is so cool uh i i I think it's super exciting to look at something like that that is just (laughs) it's for like the this the state of movies to to see something like what 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 would surely like three four five years ago with, with a marvel movie Coming out, you'd be like, oh, well, that's that's an easy billion right there. That's more money in their pocket. Quick, easy. Movies like that have been a little lackluster lately and not been as successful. They've still had their fair share. I think the last Marvel movie to cross a billion was, was probably No Way Home. Uh, I could be wrong. Um, but I, I think it's pretty great whenever you see something that's, that's not a big franchise, big Marvel movie, big, big comic book movie. Thriving and having so much success at the box office, I, I'm someone who who, like you, movies changed my life. I think they. They are the best form of storytelling. I want to see them around forever. I want to see theaters as we know them around forever. I. I fear for the day a studio is able to own a movie theater and just play their movies. If Disney were able to buy a theater chain mm-hmm. and just play Disney movies in it, I would hate that so much. They wouldn't,
0: they'd lose so much. They, they wouldn't do that because that would oversaturate and they would lose value over time. So funny, funny you mentioned um, Marvel movies making over a billion dollars. When we were looking, we were talking about how much worldwide Barbie was making, all that stuff. We were arguing mm. in text. Do you know how much Doctor Strange made worldwide? 800? 955. Yeah. Like, just shy of a billion. I was just like, shy of a billion. What
1: the... Which is interesting. I mean, I'm I'm glad. As a Doctor Strange fan, I think that's really cool. People went to go see it. Uh, as as a Doctor Strange fan, I'm not really a huge fan of that movie. <laughs> but yeah.
0: but no, Spider-Man, Spider-Man No Way Home, shy of two billion, which... They've yeah, re- never re-released that. I mean, they can just keep up in those, but...
1: I'm sure they'll re-release it at some point. I'm sure they'll... Multiverse Saga. Come watch all the multiverse right, movies. Right, they'll, they'll do it.
0: Um, but yeah, I, I, I enjoy this movie. Um, I, I guess when we talked about the emotional stuff, for whatever reason, I didn't get that huge emotional response out of this movie that I normally get with a Nolan film. Mm. So that's kind of what surprised me most. Um, it's just my I, feeling. I But then again, it's like, I shouldn't, not like that I should feel happy and hopeful and awesome and make movies, but I do feel the make movie part. I just don't, uh, I don't know. It, it's just, because it is so different. It's left field for Nolan. He's doing something uh, a little different, but.
1: I think it's, maybe I felt it a little bit more because I'm a very, I'm a big ass baby, dude. I'm, I'm, I'm very uh empathetic in a way. So I, I. I try to stay in tune with sort of what... If if you started crying right now, Casey, I would start crying just because you're crying. I would have no reason. You know what I mean? That's just how I am. But... I. So maybe I just saw something that you didn't see with that. Of, I'm, I'm sitting... Because I'm sitting here and... Yes, ladies and gentlemen, Florence Pugh is my number one Hollywood crush. Yes, but I... I I'm not looking at those scenes like that. I'm looking at them through the way that I feel like Oppenheimer's looking at her. You know what I mean? That's And as somebody who's so invested with story stuff, I'm trying to read and see what the characters are doing and what they must be thinking and what they must be feeling. So I see those moments, like the, the, the handful of moments he has with Gene... And then like that moment when Gene dies and he has a moment with Kitty in the woods where she finds him those are really big pivotal moments, I think for Oppie yeah for different reasons that's a great but I mean
0: that's it's a great moment because she has that great line where it's like just because you finally feel guilty for the shit you've done doesn't mean everybody else should feel sorry mm-hmm. for you or whatever she said that was like
1: damn right and then that comes into that, that and that line has so much more weight than I think anyone realizes because yes that's in context of their relationship but that line and what she says to him weighs on him after that and even more so whenever it comes to the atomic bomb
0: yeah
1: you know what I mean because he even asks you know like it's a question later of like will he even be forgiven like I
0: doesn't matter I don't know because he doesn't forgive himself exactly his demon's his own inner demon
1: exactly so I think it's and I think it, that's that's how he feels about Gene, too. Because he believes that if he had been there for her, nothing would have happened. Yeah. So, are you
0: saying I'm not empathetic? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I, I think I really. Though, I, I guess. So, this is a sad fact that I. Because I looked it up after the fact. Uh, Ten years after he died, his daughter committed suicide.
1: Oppenheimer's daughter?
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Damn. Um, so, I think maybe because for me nolan really is good with that family stuff and Mm -hmm. maybe it's different now like i'm a dad i probably would have liked to see a little bit of that dynamic of i literally made the world a unsafer place for my children yeah even though he you know we know he's thinking that and he's feeling that but we don't really get a lot of the kid dad dynamic stuff
1: i was like say i mean he kind of has the kid and then just yeah, just it's like you know the kids at home, but right. you don't really. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If Kitty's not in the scene with the kids, then the, the kids aren't around. Yeah. He has more than one, uh,
0: but I think that yeah. I think that would have been a cool. I mean, you have three hours, god, you could put another two second minute scene in there about where he says yeah. something like that because, but again, I don't, not that I need to have such a strong emotional response when I see a movie, but historically, no one's done that, so uh. <laughs> I still a great movie i don't think it's one of my favorites of his but maybe it'll change because opinions change over time so uh, where,
1: where would you uh rank this for the um, year is it oh, you say it's your favorite
0: uh if i'm honest this year hasn't been too hot i
1: don't think it's been too hot yet uh i think it's been slightly disappointing actually because movies we thought would be like really big and. Successful, Like maybe they were hyped up as like the best comic book movie ever made. <laughs> uh, just ended up not being, um, I think we, we hopefully still have some more stuff to come. I think there's hopefully we'll, we'll see if stuff gets pushed back because of the SAG and WGA strikes, which by the way, pay your writers, pay your actors. Yeah, brother. Fuck you. CEOs.
0: Hell yeah, brother. Uh, top, top three easily. I don't know. I haven't. Yeah. Oh, I I, d- I just, I got to sit down and go, okay, Cause like I said, I, I haven't really loved a movie yet this year. Really? I don't think so. I need to really look. I mean, this movie I, I really enjoy, but for me for me to say something I love a movie, like I love Tenet, obviously, because I won't shut up about it. But. <laughs> Order <laughs> my hot sauce, so and now we'll go. <laughs> Uh Yeah, I don't know. Top three. We'll see at the end of the year how our list turns out, and we do like a list episodes. Yeah. But it's Nolan, yeah. baby, so. Nolan, baby. I could, okay, now we're, say we were going to quit. Uh, could you understand all the dialogue this time around? Yes. There was a few instances yes. where I could not. But for the most part, better than Tenet.
1: Yeah, I think it was definitely better than Tenant Tenant I, I, I needed subtitles for Tenant.
0: That's all right, though. I still love it. Yeah. Whatever.
1: Still a good movie. Uh, hey, watch it on that 4K, baby. Oh Let me man, tell you what. That, that shit, shit looking man. crisp on 4K. Uh,
0: And if anybody who listened got one of those film cells from, like, an IMAX screen, you want to mail me, dude, hit me up because I didn't get one. Pain. Uh, Other than that, me and Colin are working on stuff in movies, and we're making our own, so we're trying. We'll put all the socials down below. And uh, email, if you want to email us, Stub Club Podcast, gmail.com. And uh, this movie was the bomb. What can I say? <laughs> but dum <laughs> <laughs> Dad <laughs> jokes. What a real knee slapper. Uh, Colin, thanks for being here. Yes. You have nothing else to do. And uh, me either. So we'll see you next time on Stub Club. Peace. Baby, you
1: dropped
0: you were my thrill, you are my thrill. the bomb on-
1: Sky, I've never been so high. You were my.